Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Hi guys and welcome back to what I believe is season four, episode five of the Recalibrate podcast. Now you know that in this season we're talking about a life of faith and so we are going to continue that conversation. Last week we spoke about the pace of the will of God and how to stay in that stride. So let me know your thoughts on how you found that and while you're here, like, comment, comment, subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform you're listening in on. And you know that we're now on YouTube. So if you are watching this on the visual part and you can see my face, hey girl, hey, hey, hey bro, hey, hey, how you doing? Um, then please make sure um, that you um, subscribe and you press the notification bell so that you can be notified each and every single time an episode drops on our channel. I love you guys and I can't wait to dive into this week's episode and we are going to dive right in with the random musing of my heart. So the random musing of my heart for this week's episode is the fact that reflection is a really powerful tool for maturing. Maturation cannot happen without some level of reflection on the past, on a past season, on uh, past skills, on past lessons, on uh, improvements, on strengths. There is a level of reflection necessary in order to mature and in order to grow. And so the random using of my heart for this week's episode is that one of the most groundbreaking things you can do is reflect with the intention to grow. I've been doing this a lot recently um, because I find that when I look back on a season or a time period in my life or when I look back at a relationship, a friendship, a a, a church I've been to, whatever I do, when I look back on it now, I'm looking through the lens of what was my perspective then and what is my perspective now. For sometimes in some areas that my perspective has grown and so I I take the lessons from that time period in my life. But then in other things, maybe my perspective has solidified in what I believe Um, And so it helps me to say, what did I believe then? And why do I believe it? And why do I still believe it? Or why has my understanding or my maturation in that belief system grown because of what I've been able to reflect on and pull from each and any given scenario? And so that's my random musing. Reflection is a powerful tool for growth. Do not neglect reflection. Don't just zoom out of the season and not lay hold of what you grew in or how you grew in that time or where you still need to grow. And also I can grow now based on what I didn't notice then because I have completely different perspectives. So always go back and do the work of reflection. That's the random musing of my heart for this week's episode, let's go. So this week's episode, um, I'm going to give you three three really key principles on how to navigate unbelief when it comes to a life of faith. And this this episode is titled Help My Unbelief, Help My Unbelief. And it's based off of Mark 924, um, where a father comes and he's 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 requiring deliverance like complete healing restoration and deliverance for his son who is demon possessed now deliverance possession that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day Um, but if you want to have that conversation if you want to ask questions on that then please feel free to email us um, at the link at the email address that will be in our bio Um, but a father is basically asking for healing and deliverance because he approaches the disciples um, and he asks them to conduct deliverance and they're not able to cast out these spirits that are in his son. And Jesus comes along and he's crying out, asking for Jesus to heal his son. And basically, 
uh, Jesus is having this dialogue with the father and he basically speaks about the fact that there was a lack of faith or little faith um, and he doesn't just address the man I, I feel like that is a symbolism for a group a type of people because Jesus addresses them and says oh you faithless generation he doesn't just address the father he's addressing people uh, in this conversation with the father and I believe that there's a symbol and a type of people and so he um, then begins to speak to the father and the father says something so powerful um, now one of my some some I've heard some great teachings about this particular scripture and I would encourage you um, to go and listen in on some of those teachings on this scripture but what I want to draw out is something so powerful and it wasn't just a statement it was a prayer it was a posture and that's what I want us to unfold today and in the scripture the father realizes that he doesn't he didn't have the faith to believe that what what needed to happen for his son was going to happen and so he says that I want to believe but help me overcome my unbelief. That's what the Amplified says. Help me to overcome my unbelief. And so we're going to dive through three key principles to, to really pull ourselves out of a place of doubt, of unbelief. And we can even understand more what unbelief is and how we are being unbelieving um, in particular scenarios and places in our lives. And I want you to take this as I always say, like a Berean, go and figure out what this looks like for you in your life based on what I've shared with you. But these are some key principles that will help you to do that. Um, and so uh, unbelief is, is not believing. It's in when it comes to our faith, unbelieving is the greatest is one of the greatest sins it's it's not believing in God in his nature in who he is in what he can do it's multiple things and I don't believe that unbelief is something that we should play around with I think that we have used very soft language when it comes to unbelief and we have made it all seem like it's it's uh, okay it's something comfortable that everyone goes through it yes we may all experience unbelief in different ways shapes and forms in our lives but it is not something we should settle into reason being that when we have moment places of unbelief within us those are places that we are refusing redemption refusing healing refusing restoration in because we are not partnering in our faith um we are not partnering in our faith with what god can do in that particular area of our lives and i say this all the time um Something Holy Spirit shared with me um, a few years ago at this point was that places that you don't submit to God, places that you don't believe in him, trust in him with, places that you're not vulnerable with him in, you are refusing redemption in that area because it's partnering with him in that space and place that allows him to do that work. How do I know? Because later on in the same scripture, Mark 9, that we're journeying through, I encourage you to go and read it. Um, Jesus, uh, the disciples asked, why couldn't we cast out the, the, the demons? Why couldn't we conduct this deliverance? And Jesus says to them, this kind only comes out by prayer. So it was not just a work of faith, but it was the fact that faith and wisdom had to work hand in hand. And next week, we're going to speak about faith, wisdom and truth um, as as inseparable. They actually need to work together. We try to pit them against each other. We try to make them um, uh, antithesis of antitheses of each other but actually faith wisdom and truth need to work hand in hand but that's next week's episode 
So we're going to stick to this. This kind only comes out by prayer. And from faith comes the wisdom to handle each and every single uh, scenario that we may be in. But sometimes because of our unbelief, we're not able to engage with our faith completely. And then we don't also have access to wisdom. Um, and that is something that's really key. That's really important that we must know and understand in this journey of faith. Um, and so I'm going to stop knocking you over the head uh, with information about unbelief. And I'm going to give you these three key principles to navigate unbelief, which have really helped me um, as well. Um, so number one we have to identify unbelief for what it really is. As I said before, we try to give it cute names and call it a struggle and say everyone deals with it and, and try to kind of almost normalize one thing I'm really struggling with is in, in this 21st century is that we're trying to normalize everything and we're trying to normalize everyone and we're trying to normalize every gift and we're trying to normalize every, uh, every way of speech or communication. We're trying to normalize everything. But what truly is our standard for normal? What truly is our standard? Because we're trying to normalize a bunch of different uh, 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 Christianities. We're trying to mix and, and mold and, and, and gather multiple different things to suit each and every single person. But what we're actually finding is chaos because not everything is meant to be normal. There is the truth. And we as believers believe in, in God as the truth, as the absolute. And so I think sometimes we're struggling with normalizing a lot of things. We're trying to normalize everything, but what was normal um, for us as believers, we are now normalizing and calling revival when actually it is the norm, it is the standard to which Jesus called us to while he was here. And so I think that we need to have different conversations when it comes to normalizing things. We are trying to normalize unbelief as part of our walk, part of um, not yielding certain parts of ourselves to God sometimes not even yielding um, all of ourselves to God and sometimes still not uh, yielding our, our lordship to Jesus Christ. I think that um, I had a conversation and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but one of the hardest statements to make and not only make but live out is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, period. But one of the things that we as believers struggle to do is to live like he is Lord. Why? Because we're still in this rat race of... of um, having conversations about whether he is Lord, we don't live like he is Lord in particular areas because we still don't believe that he is Lord in particular areas of our lives. When traumas happen, do I believe he's still Lord then? He's still sovereign, he's still holy, he's perfect in all of his ways when his ways don't match with what I believe would be the perfect way? Do I still believe him and do I still believe the truth about him when I am navigating my day to day life? This is the conversation that we need to be having. And so principle number one is identifying unbelief in its truth, in its true nature, in its raw form. In what areas am I unbelieving? And one of the people might just say, oh, no, I believe God. I believe that God is God. And that's something that I had to deal with as well. I think one of the things that I struggled with was identifying unbelief because my unbelief would not show up as, um, oh, I don't believe in God. My unbelief would show up in me trying to complete things that I should be trusting in God for. So for example, um, God has always told me what was happening next in my life. He would always say this, 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 and this. So in particular scenarios where I was not believing in him, in unbelief, um, I would try and um, manipulate is the wrong word. I would try and 
circumvent that situation or I would try and be in control of the the events as they unfolded I would try and control people's thoughts about the the um about me in that particular transition of my life I would try and control the narrative I would try and control how everything was panning out because I didn't want something to happen that was outside of my control why because I didn't believe I didn't trust God wholeheartedly in his nature I didn't believe that God was Lord and that he was sovereign and he would be perfect in his way concerning that so rather than praying for God's will to be done and rather than praying um, to see what God would do or to even know what, what I needed to focus on in prayer I would focus on managing the situation as if I was God and that in itself was unbelief but it took me a lot longer to identify that as truly unbelief because I um, because it didn't show up as oh I just don't believe in God and so that's what I wanted to share with you guys the first step is identifying this is unbelief it may express itself in multiple ways, but this is unbelief. I don't trust in God's nature. I don't trust in God's character because I am doing this, because I am engaging with this scenario like this. And one of the things that I had to realize as well is that you also have to ask yourself in some scenarios to trigger your thought about whether you are in unbelief or not, is to ask yourself questions like, do I believe that... Um, do I believe that you are Lord in this scenario? And if I do not, if I do, then thank, thank you, Jesus. If I don't, then I need to also be asking myself, how can I begin to believe God more in this scenario? But one, one thing that happens, one, things that, one thing that helps you to move from unbelief into believing in God wholeheartedly and trusting in him and putting your faith in Jesus Christ is to begin to um, identify areas of your life where there is still unbelief present, even if it's not expressing itself or even if it's not manifesting in a way that's directly uh, um, categorized as unbelief. So yeah, step number one, principle number one, is to identify where there is unbelief present in your life. Principle number two is not only to identify when unbelief is in your life, but to stir your faith, to stir your faith, to challenge your faith. Um, I have never lived in Nigeria, but this is the only example that I can give you. So if you have, if you are a mechanic uh, or a mechanical engineer, if you have ever lived in, in a country where uh, light and electricity is not consistent, they have these things called generators. If you're by your phone, pick up and Google real quick. <laughs> um, and you can kind of get the general gist of what they are. But these generators are backup power supply or electricity supply. And when you want to turn them on, there's specific motion you have to like pull to get it working. You have to you have to stir it up to get it working. Um, not literally stir it, but you have to like pull the thing back and try and get it, the, the lever back and try and get it to like to work. And you may have to pull a few times to get it generating uh, power supply to everywhere that you have hooked it up to. Um, the real Nigerians, not the real Nigerians, but the Nigerians who have lived in Nigeria with generators are going to get onto me because my explanation was probably terrible. But that's kind of the picture that came to mind when I began to think about this while I was preparing, that we have to stir up our faith. So when we realize that, so for people who live in such states, they realize that, okay, the power's gone off. 
That's what principle number one was. The power's gone off. The faith is gone. The faith has gone off. So what do I need to do now? I need to go not to a backup necessarily, but the principle remains. I need to go and pull at where that power supply comes from, where that faith comes from. I need to pull on that so that I can put it back on so that I can begin to generate faith back into my life. And I think that some of us are not doing, when we realize that unbelief is present, we kind of just label it the struggle and we, we become comfortable or we normalize it. Um, and we allow that to be a part of our doctrine and our faith. And that is not the way that, that Jesus desired, that God desired for us to live in our faith. We were saved by grace through faith. And so we need to um, make sure that we are constantly drawing of the well of our faith. And that means stirring it up when we realize that there are places of unbelief in our lives. And how do we do that? There are multiple ways that we can do that. And we're going to speak about some of them um, throughout this season of the podcast. But I really encourage you, if you notice that the, the fire has gone out, the fire, the, the electricity, the power supply of your faith has gone out, pull on it, stir it, challenge yourself. One of the things that I don't do is I, when I notice that my faith, and this took me a long time to begin to do, and a lot of vulnerability as well. But one of the things I had to realize is that when my faith has gone out and when my faith is not necessarily where it needs to be for the place I'm at in life, or if there's an area where unbelief is present, I can't do it on my own. That challenging to pull myself into a new level of faith or to pull my faith back into motion and to, to supply my life, if it's not present, I, I can't only do that by myself. I have to be accountable. And we've spoken about multiple realms of accountability. Um, I go to mentors and leaders. And I, I remember saying to one of my leaders before, I feel like I'm, I'm stagnant. I feel like I'm plateauing in my faith. I feel like I'm consistently at the same place. I feel like I grow a little bit and then I'll, I'll plateau for a long period of time. How do I challenge that zeal to burn brighter for Jesus Christ? And you guys know that's one of my favorite sayings. Um, and one of the things that that allows me to do is my mentors coaches leaders and guides they can really challenge me if it's okay you've got homework I need you to read the book of Ezekiel I need to I need you to study I need you to ask yourself questions what were the prophetic elements but beyond that how did this showcase the person of Jesus Christ because revelation pulls you into a new level of faith we spoke about it when we spoke about Romans 10 17 um, at the top of this season of the podcast because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God the testimony of Jesus Christ and that revelation pulls you into a new dimension of faith and so we have to do the work to be pulled into that new dimension of faith whether the work is being vulnerable with our accountability whether the work is to actually dive into the scriptures whether that whether that work is to pray for new encounters with God whether that um whether that is even, I remember one time I was struggling with uh, my devotion, with prayer, with worship in general, because of a place of unbelief, because of something that happened in my life. And I remember being open and honest um, with one of my friends. And I remember saying, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to come off of social media. I'm going to, like, I'm not on it like that anyway. But I just was like, I'm going to come off of social media. I'm going to... Um, spend a little less time on FaceTime. I'm going to do all of these things and I'm going to kind of consecrate myself, pull, separate myself just for a moment, just for, for a time, not to isolate, but to have solitude and to seek the face of God. And I pulled myself into a time of prayer and of fasting. Now, these are cuss words in this generation, but these are things that genuinely develop and stir your faith. I remember pulling myself into a time of fasting and prayer. It, was, it wasn't long. It was about three days 
of prayer and of fasting I didn't really speak to anyone I spent my time in my word outside of like work and stuff like that I would literally be in my word prayer fasting or listening to sermons or to worship music and sometimes just in complete silence listening to what God was saying to me was his will concerning my life but what he had to say period some of those things that he said to me weren't just for me they were for my family friends career church the body of Christ at large things I was called to do in the future places I was called to people I'm called to um, and that time when I came out of that time I remember um, one of I remember someone calling me and basically giving me a prophetic word that basically confirmed everything that I had just spent time with God learning and, and adapting and drawing from him and that really stretched my faith to a new level to believe in him wholeheartedly for everything that he had shared with me but then I had trust and belief in him that he cared about that thing and so that's why I'm sharing this with you. If you notice, if you are in a place where you're like, you know what, my faith isn't where it should be. You know what, I don't believe God concerning this particular thing or that particular thing. Then this is the part where you get into action and you pray this prayer. Lord, I've realized that I don't believe you in this particular area. I believe, I've noticed that I am harboring unbelief in this particular area. Help me overcome my unbelief help me help my unbelief this is the time where we pray that prayer with with earnest expectation that God will respond and that not only will he require for you to meet him and partner with him in your faith in this area but that also he will do a work in you to help you become a become a believer in him in that particular area of your life because we don't go with the intention to not believe him about a particular thing or believe him period but life happens and while life is happening in order to live a life of faith this must be a prayer that you pray consistently until there is no area of your life that you don't believe him in consistently be praying lord help my unbelief and so i'm going to dive from there into principle number three Principle number three is that one, once you have gotten to a place where you've identified this and you're now in a place of building up your faith, this is where we, as we spoke about in um, episode, in not the last episode, the episode prior, episode three, I believe, we need to be thinking about our appetite for faith. I've recovered now. So now that you've gotten to a place where you're recovering or have recovered from a recline in your faith, how do I make sure I never reach that place again? Because I think sometimes we kind of celebrate the victories of, oh, okay, cool. Um, I got my faith back on track after a moment of not believing in him for a particular thing or in a particular season. But we don't do the work on looking back, as I said, in the random musing on reflecting and seeing, actually, this was something that happened and I don't want it to happen again. How do I create a recovery plan that allows me not to regress in my faith to this degree again? And so... Um, one of the things that I, uh, I do often is that, um, at least once every quarter I fast, even if it's for 24 hours, I fast, even if it's, uh, sorry, not 24 hours. Who am I? <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, even if it's just uh, a couple of hours in one particular 24 hour time period is what I was trying to say um, before I got overzealous there. Um, 
yeah I try and make sure that I fast at least once every quarter to make sure and this is just a this is a maintenance thing this is not even because I'm seeking for something this is not because I want something this is not because I need any particular thing I'll pray those prayers at another time I'll, I'll pray all manner of prayers um, at, at another time but this this that specific uh, time of fasting and prayer is literally to build my sensitivity to Holy Spirit and what and his voice but it's a maintenance check it's MOT for me it's making sure that I am um, in a place with my faith that I am consistently growing and so that I don't ever regress into a place of not believing God about something. And I use that time to address areas of unbelief so that I don't regress back into a place of unbelief in any particular area. I have uh, what I would call red root or danger zone areas in my life that sometimes um, I can slip back into unhealthy patterns of unbelief in those areas because I've received either reoccurring disappointment in those areas or I've just noticed that I've never had faith and my faith is still quite young or small in those areas. I call them red root danger zones. It's not that deep. It is that deep, but it's not that deep. Um, but they are just areas that I don't, um, that I am prone to is better language. Areas that I am prone to not um, having faith in God concerning. And so because I know those areas and because I know I can be weak in those areas when it comes to my faith, I make myself accountable, but I also do maintenance. Once every quarter, checking in those areas. What is my faith like in those areas? What do I need to pray about? What do I need to seek wisdom concerning? What do I need to make myself accountable for? So that in those areas, I am not just allowing myself to, okay, I overcame once. No, this is a consistent work that we must do. And until the point where our faith is solid and it's strong in every single area of our lives and we have fully overcome unbelief, we must make sure that we are doing the work um, of overcoming unbelief consistently in our lives and so that is this week's episode that is what I wanted to share with you guys um for this week's episode the prayer is help my unbelief help my unbelief and I would encourage you to go and study Mark 9 not just verse 24 but study the entirety of Mark 9 specifically this section of the scripture I believe it's from verse 14 um but I would say go and study that and the recalibrate challenge of the week for this week's episode is um, to ask yourself this question, what does, um, how does unbelief show up in my life? What is unbelief in my life? In, so what is unbelief in, insert here, your name? Yeah, I can't say that sentence the way I thought it would come out. So for me, it would be, what does unbelief look like in Esther Glory's life? So for you, what does unbelief look like in, insert here's life? Um, and what that helps you to do is not only identify the areas of unbelief or identify unbelief in your life period, but it also helps you to um, identify unbelief and identify how you express that, how it shows up in your life. Because as I said before, it doesn't show up as crystal clear as just, I don't believe God about this thing, or I don't believe some areas, it might be like that. Um, and these are still principles you can use, but finding out how unbelief shows up in your life can drastically change your journey of faith for the good forever. Um, and so as you engage on this journey, I pray um, that God would hold you by the hand. And even as you cry out to him and say, Lord, help me overcome my belief. Lord, help my unbelief. 
that God would begin to blaze through those obstacles to your faith, to your belief and to your trust in him and that he would make you have a sure foundation in him and to trust him wholeheartedly. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. 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 It was lovely being with you guys this week. As you know, I absolutely adore you. I love you all. Um, and I can't wait to see you guys in next week's episode. Make sure that you like, comment, share and subscribe and that you invite someone to join you because you know we're a community um, podcast. But make sure that you you join us here every single week. And if you are listening into the audio version of the podcast, please know that uh, season four, all of the episodes will be live on YouTube and you'll be able to see my face and engage and be in the comments Um, and I want to use the comments as well as a place for our community to get to know one another so feel free to comment in um, the comment section down below say your thoughts say what you think about the episodes get to know one another get in get stuck in in those conversations and share vulnerably about your journey in faith as well and with unbelief and I can't wait to see you guys in next week's episode I love you bye